Chapter Two. When we reached Cortman Street, I said, we live just around the corner. Thinking I was rid of her at last, I started walking toward home, but to my disappointment, Elsie turned the corner with me. Do you live near here? I crossed my fingers behind my back, hoped she'd say no. I live way across town in the opposite direction. She took my hand. I thought we'd go to your house and play. I tried to think of a reason she couldn't come home with me, but my mind was numb. So hand in hand, we walked up the front steps and went inside. Mother was sitting on the couch reading a magazine. When she saw me, she smiled, got to her feet to give me a hug and a kiss. How was school, darling? Before I could answer, Elsie said, This awful girl named Rosie was mean to Annie, and the other girls ganged up on us. But Annie and I are best friends, and we don't care what they say or do. We have each other. Mother looked at Elsie as if she hadn't actually noticed her until she spoke up. This is Elsie Schneider, I told her. She's in my class. Mother smiled at Elsie, but immediately looked at me with concern. She said, What happened, Annie? You had plenty of friends in our old neighborhood. Oh, but Mrs. Brown, you don't know the girls at Pierce, Elsie butted in again. They're mean and conceited. They do everything Rosie says. They're like... They like who she likes and hate everybody else. Mother turned to me. Should I speak to Miss Harrison about this? No, I said, please don't. You'll just make it worse. They already think we're tattletales, Elsie put in. I was about to fix hot chocolate. Mother spoke as if a treat might make Elsie and me feel better. Would you two like some? Oh, yes, Elsie said. Do you have cookies? I love vanilla wafers. We followed Mother into the kitchen. You have such a pretty house, Elsie told Mother. It's so comfortable and cozy. Why, thank you, Mother, smiled at Elsie. Aren't you sweet? Elsie glanced at me, obviously pleased that Mother liked her. Mother warmed milk and melted chocolate in the double boiler. Elsie watched her add sugar and butter. As soon as Mother set steaming mugs and a plate of vanilla wafers on the table, Elsie reached for a cookie and stuffed it into her mouth as if she thought someone might slap her hand. She burned her tongue because she gulped a mouthful of hot chocolate before it cooled enough to drink. I noticed Mother watching Elsie as if she were wondering whether all girls at Pierce behaved this way. If so, perhaps someone should teach them table manners. Elsie, Mother said, if you eat too many cookies, you won't have room for dinner. Elsie merely shrugged and took another cookie. With her mouth full, she said, I warned you, I love vanilla wafers. When not a crumb remained and all the hot chocolate was gone, Elsie asked if we could play in my room for a while. As she followed me upstairs, she caressed the oak banister. I love the way this wood feels, she said. It's so smooth. No splinters or chipped paint like my house. I didn't know what she expected me to say, so I pretended I hadn't heard her. At the door to my room, Elsie stopped and stared. This is all yours? Everything in it? Oh, Annie, you are so lucky. Something in her voice made me feel ashamed. Did I have too much? I never thought about it before. My friends in my old neighborhood had had rooms like mine, filled with toys and books. I guess I thought everyone did. Elsie ran around my room, taking in every detail. She studied each room in my dollhouse. Mother and I had furnished it like a Victorian mansion. A family of china dolls lived in it, along with several servants. I wish I lived in a house just like that, she exclaimed. Fancy furniture, pretty wallpaper, velvet curtains. As she spoke, she touched the tiny sofas and chairs and examined the miniature plates on the table. 
She picked up each doll and studied its clothing. From the dollhouse, she moved to the shelves of books, touching them on their spines as if she were taking inventory. She tried out the rocking chair that father had made for me when I was little. She picked up dolls sitting on a shelf and examined each one. She took out my window. Out, she looked out my window at the backyard, sloping away to the line of trees. She studied the floral design on the wallpaper. She even opened the doors to the tall walnut wardrobe in the corner and flipped through my skirts and dresses and blouses. And finally, she sat down on my bed and gave a little bounce as if she were testing the mattress. You are my best friend in the whole world, she said. What good times we'll have playing here. I tried to smile, but my face felt rigid as the oak banister she had admired. She didn't notice my silence. She picked up Edward Bear and squeezed his tummy to make him growl. What makes that noise? She poked Edward's belly harder. We should cut him open and find out. I tried to snatch Edward away from her, but she moved out of my reach. Give him to me, I cried. I've had him since I was a baby. I'd never hurt him. That's stupid. How can you hurt a toy? He's just a stuffed animal with half his fur gone and one eye missing, old and ugly and smelly. In disgust, she tossed Edward aside and grabbed Antoinette, my favorite doll. <clears throat> she laid her on her back and watched her eyes close. She sat her up and watched them open. Then she tipped her back and forth to hear her say, Mama. It sounded as if poor Antoinette was crying out for me to rescue her. When I reached for her, Elsie hugged the doll. Let me hold her for a while. You have so many dolls and I don't have any, not even one. Mama, Mama, cried Antoinette. I didn't like the rough way Elsie handled Antoinette, but I let her hold her. It, would, it wouldn't do to be selfish. Be careful with her, I whispered. She's fragile. Don't worry, I won't hurt her. Elsie hugged her tighter. Mama, cried the doll. When was Elsie going home? She had been here a long time. It was almost dark. I decided to give her a hint. It's nearly dinner time, I said. Won't your mother be worried about you? Oh, no, I can stay as long as I want, she smiled at me. Nobody cares. Uh, where I am or when I come home. In fact, they'd be happy if they never saw me again. I stared at her in shock. You don't mean that, Elsie. Of course your parents care where you are. Not everyone is as lucky as you, Annie. Elsie, Elsie's voice rose. Do you think I get hot chocolate and cookies when I get home from school? Do you think I have a room full of toys and books or a wardrobe of pretty dresses? Not knowing what to say, I bent my head, smoothed the pleats in my skirt. How could I know what Elsie had or didn't have? I'd never been to her house. And if I had my way, I'd never go there or invite her here again. Elsie leaned so close, I felt her breath on my face. I'd give anything to have a mother like yours. It's not fair that you have so much and I have nothing. But your mother, you stupid goose, I don't have a mother. Everybody has a mother. Not me, Elsie yelled so loud, spit came out of her mouth and hit me in the face. My mother, my real mother, died when I was a born. I never even saw her. I wanted to feel sorry for Elsie. I did feel sorry for her, but the way she was screaming scared me. If she kept it up, mother would hear her and come running upstairs. But she didn't stop. She kept yelling as if it were my fault. I had a mother and she didn't. It's not fair, Mama died. It's not fair. Suddenly she lowered her voice to a whisper. Sometimes I hate Mama. If she hadn't died, my father wouldn't have married Hilda. She sat back and glared at me. I bet you think I'm horrible, don't you? Oh, yes, I thought she is horrible. 
if only she'd leave, go away, never come back. I, I didn't want to see her again. I didn't want to be her friend. She said it herself. She was truly horrible. Keeping my feelings to myself for fear of making her even angrier, I asked if Hilda was her stepmother. What a dumb question, Elsie said. Didn't I just say that my father married her? Yes, of course. She had just said that, but she had called her Hilda instead of mother, or whatever you call a stepmother, and that had confused me. Hilda's the kind of stepmother you read about in fairy tales. She hates me, and I hate her. If she dared, she'd leave me in the forest to die like a babe in the wood. But what about your father? He must... Papa thinks it's my fault Mama died. I killed her getting bored. She looked at me as if, as if I were daring, as if she were daring me to say something, anything at all. No matter what it was, she'd get mad all over again. When I didn't say a word, Elsie turned her attention to Antoinette and began undressing her. I watched her pull the buttons and yank at my doll's dress. Stop! What are you doing? You'll tear her clothes. I reached for the doll, but Elsie kept me from rescuing her. I just want to see what she looks like naked. Before I could stop her, Elsie took off all my doll's dress, petticoat, lace-trimmed bloomers, shoes, and stockings. Her leather body and china limbs on display, poor Antoinette, sprawled in Elsie's lap. After examining the way the doll's joints worked, Elsie turned her attention to Antoinette's hair. Is her wig made of hum real human hair or horse hair? It feels real. Maybe it came from a dead person. Did you ever think about that? I shook my head. I'm sure it didn't, I said, hoping I was right. She has a big hole in the top of her head, doesn't she? Yes, that's where the doll maker put her eyes and her teeth and her tongue. Suddenly I was worried. I reached again for my doll, but Elsie held her tightly. It's hidden under her hair, right? To my horror, Elsie tugged at Antoinette's wig as if she meant to pull it off and examine the hole. Don't, you'll ruin her. This time I grabbed Antoinette's leg and pulled. Her leg came loose in my hand and Elsie threw the doll at me. Selfish, take her. She cried as Antoinette flew over my head and hit the wall with a shattering sound. I leapt up and scooped Antoinette in my arms. Her face was cracked. Her eyes had fallen back in her head. Mama, Mama, she cried. It's your fault, Elsie said. If you hadn't pulled her leg off, I wouldn't have dropped her. You didn't drop her. You threw her. Did not, did too. Just then, Mother called us to come downstairs, leaving poor Antoinette on the bed, surrounded by her pretty clothes. I ran down steps with Elsie right behind me. You better not tell, she hissed in my ear. You'll be sorry if you did. Elsie, Mother said, it's dark out. How far away do you live? Sniffing the good smells of roast chicken and fresh baked rolls, Elsie said, Annie invited me to stay for dinner. Before I could say I had done no such thing, Mother frowned at me. Oh, Annie, you should ask before you invite a guest to stay. Turning to Elsie, she said, I'm sorry, dear, but I don't have enough food for a fourth person, maybe another time. Elsie looked sad, but she said, Oh, that's all right, Mrs. Brown, it's not your fault. Here, she gave me a sly look. I guess I should go. It's a long walk from here, but don't worry about me. I'm not afraid, afraid of the dark. Taking her sweater from the stand in the hall, she prepared to leave, but Mother stopped her. Wait a minute, Elsie, she said. My husband will be here soon. He'll be glad to take you home. Sure enough, I heard father's car in the driveway in a few moments. He opened the front door and stepped inside. He looked at Elsie and turned to me. Well, well, he said, I see you've made a friend already. Elsie took my hand and squeezed it hard enough to hurt, but not enough for anyone but me to notice. 
As soon as I saw Annie, I just knew we'd be best friends. She squeezed my hand again and I smiled weakly. My parents didn't seem to notice my lack of enthusiasm at Elsie's proclamation. Elsie, mother said, if you tell Mr. Brown where you live, he'll drive you home. You have a car? Elsie looked at mother as if she'd said father had had a chariot drawn by six white horses. I've never ridden in a car. Papa says we can't afford it. What with the war and all. I'll be happy to give you your first car ride, father said in his gallant way of his. Elsie clapped her hands. Can Annie come with us? Of course she can. Neither mother nor father thought to ask if I wanted to go, nor did I say I didn't want to go. Elsie grabbed my sweater and handed it to me. Coward that I was, I trudged outside behind her and my father. The night was cool and an autumn wind sent fallen leaves scurrying down the street. I glanced back at the warm light shining out of our windows. Why hadn't I spoken up and said I'd stay at home?